0: There is a weird hierarchy around illness where your loved one is going through something quite serious and... You've mentioned this one in another podcast. Okay, so well. cut that there. It's old content. Oh, I've done that. Well, it's hard to remember what bloody goes in which one. <laughs> Hi, I'm James. And I'm Cairo. And we're bringing you Who Cares Wins. This is the podcast all about caring for somebody you love. Sharing your stories about some of the amazing work that carers do out there but also not shying away from some of the darker things. and trying to do it with a bit of a smile on the face because I think sometimes, James, we just have to laugh. And please do subscribe, click that little button, and if you enjoy
1: our conversations, please do rate them as well because it really helps us to share some of these stories with people across the country who are often feeling extremely isolated.
0: So I, I I do have a question for you, actually. So one of the things you talk about quite a lot in podcasts previously but also in general is the fact that you're not a carer, but you've now been in this caring world for quite a bit, or kind of yeah. exploring it. What have you learned? What's your like? It's interesting, as I've always been in it, interesting to see someone who hasn't.
1: Interesting. So the, the primary one, which I think I mentioned before, is just how extraordinary it is that after spending a huge amount <laughs> of time being a carer yourself, uh, people seem to then want to go on and help other people. So just at the moment where you think, you know what, you, you've you earned the opportunity to just put your feet up for <laughs> a bit. Have a break. People are so dedicated to making sure that someone else doesn't have to go through it quite as badly as mm-hmm. they did. Um, and I, I think that's, that's amazing. Do you think that's human nature? So I think the people who do it wouldn't regard themselves as heroes. I, they, they would say, well, this is just, what anybody would do. I'm reluctant to say it's human nature because I don't think I could assume that I would just instinctively mm. do that as well. And I also don't think everybody does. Mm. So there is, there is something special about people who are so committed to going that extra mile. I'm reluctant to write that off as human nature because I think they are actually special. impressive people.
0: Yeah, I think, like, I think I tend to agree with you. I remember, I remember reading... There are interesting times when a member of a family will become the carer and not, it's almost, it doesn't seem to be completely random. It'd be the person who, who has that natural instinct to, to care. Mm. Um, and I think that's partly where you get a lot of potential problems in family dynamics because of often a lot of the burden falls on one person.
1: Um, and and uh, what percentage of your week would you say you stand in front of a mirror with a red cape on and say, <laughs> yep, I'm,
0: I'm Superman? Um, well James I don't the listen, listeners want to hear about my Friday nights out, um, but no I think I think it's uh, yeah, I, we've talked about this before that you do it because you have to do it
1: so I spoke to your friend Allegra the other week and we're, we're going to listen to that conversation in just a moment she mentioned something about making sure that the caring doesn't get in the way of the relationship and that's a really important perspective to take on board
0: yeah completely I think it's Maintaining that relationship, whatever it may be, whether it's you know, father, son, uh, mother, daughter, husband, wife, is super important to maintaining you know, the health and well-being of the relationship. I think too often carers get caught in becoming the carer and they lose that, that relationship. And I think that can, that can be really difficult for a lot of people. I know I make time specifically for my mum to be, to have, for us to have father father, mother, son time. Um, whether that about, you know, asking her advice on girls, even though I don't always listen to her advice. But I think it's important to try to actively continue, make yeah. time for those relationships.
1: Yeah, because you don't want to limit somebody's life to just being their condition, or indeed somebody's life to just being the role of carer. Well, uh, hey, Allegra has so much to say on this. So, Allegra is a friend of yours. She's CEO of the Camden Carer Centre. Correct. uh, An all-round legend. She's Um, great,
0: and she does it always always with a smile on her face, so we love her for
2: it. Interestingly enough, when I went to work at the Carer Centre, and a a lot of us have had a a, a caring role, I didn't even realise I was a carer. So, my lovely mother lived with us. Um, She was perfectly able to do everything for herself, but she'd lost her, her... relatives and friends in quite quick succession and she was you know in her late 70s early 80s and it just seemed the right thing to do and she came she she lived with us but there were things I did for and I always remember a good colleague of mine saying to me well you're a carer as well and I said the classic thing was really do you think so why and you know she described well does it impact on your life and I said, "Well, yes, I'm going to go away for the weekend without arranging that you know somebody was sure, there and a sure. family member or anything." She said, "Well, there you are," she said. And what what do you know? Do you do things? I said, "Well, you know, I do the shopping and I do this and that." And yeah, I hadn't thought of it at all for myself, even though I was working in a care centre. <laughs> I have to confess, I fell into that trap.
1: Amazing. Yeah, and it's you know it's really interesting that you've gone through. That pro- so I'm I'm not a carer and never never have been although I've seen um, at close quarters people do that the the carers that we speak to through mo- setting up mobilise and bringing carers together to, to learn from each other the biggest theme is the, the phrase no I'm not a carer I just look after my mum yeah
2: exactly and
1: so so you've seen that personally but you you must almost also see it uh, in the carer centre as well.
2: All the time, all the time, and we, you know, we go out and we meet a lot of other people. I'm thinking about, you know, we have to meet local counsellors and other people when we're interacting with other organisations, and you know, we tell them a bit about what we do, or they understand. And then you suddenly find out, well, actually, they say, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I've got a brother who, you know, I visit regularly and look after, and do X, Y, and Z for." Yes, I did that for my mother. You know, yeah, you're a carer. Yeah. Go, no, no, I'm not. And going, yeah, you are a carer. <laughs> I, I think if you speak to any carer's organisation, that is the biggest challenge, is getting and people to identify as such.
1: So what do you think holds people back? What, why, why would somebody not not identify as a carer?
2: I don't know. I mean, I suppose people have really different views on this. Um, I think it just comes back to what I was saying earlier. Is it, it's just that thing you do naturally. You're supporting somebody. You don't even think about it somebody mm. you, you you care about you're supporting them although I do have to say also we do get people who are caring about somebody that they don't wish to support anymore and and fact they you know never wanted to fall into that role and we have supported people to stop caring as well yeah and I yeah. think that's very important and again the, the same colleague has um, often said to me you know you can you can separate out the two it's not easy but, so, you might want to have a relationship with your daughter, but you actually might not want to be her carer, sure, and that can work very well as well, you know so you have to really think about what's your role, what are you doing, who else can do those bits, what bits do you want to do? So we always encourage carers to think about that, but what often gets lost in the caring role is the relationship, and that's so sad, isn't it, mm. really? you know, and think about that, you know you're so busy thinking about oh, when's their next medication when's their next appointment have they got this have they got that that you're forgetting about having some fun and some good times
1: i guess that's what you are in, you guys are encouraging uh, people to be doing uh, through your work and and hopefully through the work of mobilize we can we can support people enough to to get everything in order to make it a little bit more manageable we can never make it easy but make it a bit more manageable so that you can really thrive rather than survive.
2: It's it's so important. And again, it goes back... If you're not... We all know, all experts on self-care nowadays. If you don't look after yourself, who will look after the person you care for? Yeah. You know, we've had people pushing off having operations.
1: Goodness.
2: You know, crazy things. Pushing off their own life, pushing off their, their holidays, their breaks, seeing other family members. So we always say, look, if you... We support you, and we say to our fundraisers, you know, actually we're supporting two people, really. Yeah. Because then you have a better relationship, and, and actually we've had comments from cared for, so people that are looked after by the carers, saying, oh, yes, you know, it's improved their relationship as well.
1: Now we've dived yes. in, and this is always the way, because people care <laughs> so much about yeah. other people. I really wanted to ask some questions about you. Oh, so, okay, yeah. So, your, um, what was your motivation to stick with care? What, what? Why do you feel so passionately about it? Obviously, you've got a little bit of experience yourself, but there's a yeah, there's oh, a sort of broader commitment yeah. to it that you have.
2: So, believe it or not, I started off life working life as a microbiologist a long, long time ago, and I did that for five years. But while I was a student, I worked in a care home, a range of care homes. I have to say, none of them were particularly good, but you're going back, well, what, 40 years, actually. so 40 not. years. You're very most kind. <laughs> um, And, um, oh, you know, some of those places are awful. But I think I've always liked people. And that's yeah. what I always say to people. Although, look, working in the laboratory was fascinating and, you know, lots of things, but I, I much prefer working with people than test tubes and making a difference and having those conversations and making those connections. I love it. Yeah carers why carers I kind of you know if I'm honest I kind of fell into it a little carers you can just do a very small thing even just going how are you today and it makes such a huge difference because they always say or 99% say oh no one's ever thought about me no one's ever asked about me and that is what we do and that's what all my colleagues do and they do it very well and and people just have not had the time even to think well what about me that's great
1: Tell us a little bit about the people who come through your doors, who you're you're helping. What what kind of people do you tend to see?
2: Such a range, really. You know, so one day you could be seeing somebody whose you know partner has just had a, a stroke and they've come to that caring role very suddenly, quite dramatically in in a way. Again, what we tend to find is. but it still can take a while before people even think think about themselves because they're so busy thinking about the person and you know, are they okay, are they going to be all right we get people, young carers like Cairo who have had perhaps years of no one really understanding why they're tired at school or why things aren't going quite right for them or why it's difficult for them to come out and play and all those Mm. kind of things uh, we get people who are just exhausted. We often get people, actually, who the first thing they sort of want is that we sort out the problem for the person they're looking after. That's often our way in. To, to untangle that kind of uh, mess, whatever it is, it might be you know something around their, their, their benefits or their care package or their housing. It could be a whole range of things. And then we get that person, we say... Now, what about you? And I said to you, and they go, oh, me? No, no, you're here to help them. They go, no, actually, our services are here to help you. What about you?
1: And I suppose it's all about building that relationship, right? Always. Because you can, especially if somebody isn't understanding fully the challenges that they're under, they they can't come to you and and say, I need this, this, and this. So you need to build that relationship and really understand them and support them more generally before you can um, take them through to the next level
2: you know sometimes if you're trying to explain and you've probably identified this the issues that carers faced to, to to somebody else it, it, you, people can't unless you've been there or, or actually seen it it's quite hard to understand well why why don't you do this why don't you get somebody else in like you say what two o'clock in the morning or you know my partner has decided to go into a meltdown you know on a friday evening at eight o'clock well
1: yeah, it's complex and um, and 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 sometimes incredibly lonely as, as well. Because, precisely because you can't engage with other people in the in the way that you might might like.
2: You know, even if you explain, oh, well, you are a carer, then they'll say, "Well, what can you do for me? What you know, what difference can you make?" And you say, "Well, we do this, that, and the other," and you just kind of reel off a list of services, but still, people can't understand the difference. And I think the difference is giving people that space to say actually, I really love and care about X, but do you know what? I'm fed up going to collect their medication. I'm fed up being trying to sort out their benefits. I'm fed up doing this, and and it's trying to separate out the two. I'm fed up always chasing after X, Y, and Z. You know, the doctor won't listen to me, whatever it is. And, And so, but yes, how do we explain, well, we can help you with that. We, you know actually, you have to go through this kind of way to, to get to that person, or, you know, you need to make sure that you've told them that this this is the issue.
1: So tell us a little bit about the kind of things that you can offer to help. Because I, I know a carer's assessment is a is a big part of the, yeah. the work that you do, and we've been looking at uh, how helpful that can be.
2: Yes, I mean, each caring world is unique and different. There might be similarities, you know, if you're caring for somebody with... Uh, dementia you know you might there are then there might be many similarities but people are at different um paths on that journey people have lots of different kinds types of dementia of course they so it impacts on people differently so it's the carers assessment is something about actually sitting down with that person and saying what do you need what would make a difference to you mm-hmm. and i think that's that's crucial so it's not just about you know Often, sadly, people think it's just about getting, you know, some a, a little posh of money at the end. But it's not. It's really about saying, what, what aren't you doing that you would like to be able to do? And then that can range from, you know, well, I, I, I wish I could get out to tea with my best friend once a week. Kind of things that you and I take for granted, you know. You <laughs> get. Well, maybe not you <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't have friends, but I, I, I
1: I've got. To... James,
2: I don't believe that at all. <laughs>
1: no, Kira's the sexual one. It, it's um, it can be really powerful. That and one of the things that we've been exploring it. it can Can you fail an assessment? I mean, most assessments, you you know, it's a pass or fail, right? So, yes. So, c- c- can you can you can you give the wrong answer in a carer's assessment? No,
2: no, it's not that terrible? And I think you know. Listen, a lot of these things are about language as well, aren't they? What a terrible term when you think about it. You're saying it now, you know, an assessment. Oh, you know, people get worried. What are you what are you <laughs> assessing? It'd be better to call it let's sit down and have a chat and, and yeah, see what yeah. we can do to make a difference to you yeah. form to fill in B one slash eight. I don't know, you know. It all comes out, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Gotta have the box of tissues ready and that kind of always, thing. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Although one of the things that we found is that very often when you're getting through some of the really tough stuff and the really dark kind of areas, yeah. one of the best ways to talk about it is, is to laugh about it and to find a way to see the humour. Yes. And that actually unlocks a load of conversations that wouldn't be, yeah. wouldn't be possible otherwise.
2: Well, that's interesting you say that because we've done things, and I know other carers send stuff down the country, you know, laughter workshops it's the emotional strain of caring that actually is sometimes a lot more difficult than the physical strain. I think there have been some reports done on that as well. Um, I always remember this carer, he regularly says to me, all these services, cares for his wife, she's got a mental health condition, all these services, talking about our services as well, people come and go, I've been caring for 25 years, somebody with, you know, quite a severe mental health condition. And, you know, I've met some lovely people and I've met some people that are rubbish and can't do their jobs. He is always there at the centre of it all, coordinating all those different people, either coming into his wife or supporting him. Mm. And that's true, and I always remember him saying that.
1: You may be thrust into this role very suddenly.
2: Yeah.
1: And there's a huge amount to pick up. Um, so having people like you guys... um uh, you're in the Camden Carer Centre, but uh, the, there's obviously care centres all over the country. Yes. And so the next uh, the next kind of steps for the Camden Care Centre, what, what have you guys got on the agenda coming up?
2: Oh, wow, lots of exciting things, actually. We, we're celebrating 25 years of existence this Congratulations. year. Congratulations. Thank you very much, uh, You'll get an invite to our lovely art show in July. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, Carers Week coming up very soon, of course. Mm. Lots going on there. We're looking forward to the time when we don't exist as an organisation because everybody is so carer-aware and carer-focused that as soon as you go in and you're identified as a carer, you get all the support you need. How about that? (laughs) Well, what a wonderful (laughs)
1: vision. (laughs) Allegra, thank you so much. It's been really great uh, to talk to you. And uh, for the benefit of the tape, um, Allegra, you've been smiling absolutely (laughs) all the way through. I can see why uh, people are so excited to be spending time with you and your team. Uh, So so thank you for sharing it with us. So straight out of the blocks at the beginning there, Allegra was talking about the real challenge of getting everybody to identify as a carer. Mm. Um, And sometimes that feels like a slightly futile thing. So does it matter whether or not people are identifying as a carer?
0: Yeah, no, I th- I think the key is whether they're getting the support they need. Like, if you identify as a carer, that's you know, that's one thing. But if you don't want to or you don't recognise yourself in that role, then that should be okay, but with the caveat that you're getting, getting the support. Like, I know it was only until I started recognising myself as a carer that I reached out and got support. Um, and I definitely needed it earlier, but didn't know kind of what the role was and hence what support i could get or ask for
1: so so i just push back on that slightly because well firstly like it's really important that people are recognizing as a carer from a like a bureaucratic perspective because without that you don't trigger all of the things that you need in with the local authority the nhs uh, whatever it might be but there's also um, exactly what you've just described there's an important mentality shift So, I mean, I'm not particularly fussed as to whether it's the word carer. But recognising that your role is different to a straightforward, in your case, mother-son role, or it might be your partner or whoever it might be, and that you're actually, your relationship has changed as a result of that. Surely that's really important.
0: Yeah, I I mean, for me it helped. By recognising myself as a carer, I could recognise, or I found it more easy to recognise some of the emotions I was dealing with hmm. and going, you know, that's because I have this additional role or some of the um, impacts it has on my life weren't because, you know, weren't normal. Like I didn't see them and I think that is important but I know that it, your questions suggest there's some kind of, you know, normal narrative which I just no, don't, sure, think sure. don't think necessarily yeah. exists and actually how caring impacts on my life is very different from how it impacts on everyone else because there are so many different kind of aspects to it which people find difficult or interesting um and you know in loads of ways i was very lucky with how it affected my life it was a way that i could you know i managed i got through for so many people there's aspects that they gets too much for them and i and i have nothing but sympathy for, for so many carers out there who really struggle and i you know for, to, to a large extent i was pretty lucky
1: one of the things that i'm still trying to get my head around is why there is a slight reluctance to define as a carer so i understand that you might not realise it, but it seems like there's actually quite a few people who are who are carers who sort of know what their role is, but they're reluctant to associate mm. themselves with the language.
0: Like, It's an interesting one, and I don't think I know the answer. I think there's something in the language suggesting a different incentive to why you're doing something. And I think because carers is also a profession, an incredibly difficult profession, there's a suggestion there that you're doing it because it's your duty, it's like a role that you have to do. If you give yourself that badge, that means you have to be the carer. And I think for a lot of people, it's not necessarily a choice they would have made. You know, I wouldn't choose to be to look after my mum, I'd much choose her for, for her to be healthy and not need the additional support. So I think there's something around if you put that badge on, it suddenly becomes a job and a duty, and it becomes more of a burden than just doing it because of choice. And I, so, I don't know if that's maybe where it comes from so this is
1: something that my aunt gets really passionate about because she thinks of herself as my uncle's wife and not his carer and certainly did right at the beginning of the process I think she's got a little bit more relaxed about it now but I think the, the real driver for her is that she's she's not sort of institutional or she's not coming from the state or some other body she is actually part of his family and has that deeper personal relationship with him. To use the word carer almost sometimes feels like you're discounting that or discrediting mm. it, and formalizing it a bit. It's, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. But it's
0: interesting. So in the in your interview with Allegra, you talk about you're not a carer. You've never been a carer. Sure. And I just I think it's an, an interesting balance because, for example, I know when there are times when my caring responsibilities are weighing pretty heavy on me, and I'm in a bit of a kind of dark mood or feeling a bit down and i don't think you quite recognize how much energy you come and just like sitting next to you in the office and us laughing and then you know you when you see you know i think you recognize when i'm in a bit of a you know feeling a bit down and you make an active effort to try to tell me some of your awful jokes um which i do have to laugh at (laughs) sometimes Um,
1: well, in, in Venice, the solution is normally just to give you a sandwich and a nap.
0: Yeah, that I seems mean... to cover most. Of the <laughs> <things>. <laughs> Who doesn't like a sandwich <laughs> and a nap? I mean, if that I could have every day, it would be. But so I think there's a, you know, in that, you know, almost like the second ripples of those rings back. Yeah, sure. There is an incredible caringness. That's not. I don't think that's a real word. But that care that people can offer. Yes, you're not a, a carer. You wouldn't, in, in lots of definitions, wouldn't meet the definitions. But I think. You know, I think if you just start scratching the surface, you can see actually there's a lot of people who do. It's
1: so powerful to have a level of understanding, and I think we've made a lot of progress around mental health in recent years. But this is another kind of equivalent thing where people on the whole probably don't fully understand the implications of what's going on, and actually, if if we can achieve anything through Mobilise, actually raising the profile of carers and, and raising the level of understanding amongst the population, I think that's really important because it does have a massive impact on your life. I mean, Allegra indicated some amazing examples, like oh, people putting off operations. I mean, and please don't. Crazy. Anyone listens.
0: <laughs> please don't put up an operation. That is, sounds terrible. But, a terrible idea.
1: But again, Clara, I mean, I'm always going to push you on this because... No one is going to say, oh, you should totally put off your operation for the sake of your caring role. Yeah. But realistically, presumably, someone in that position doesn't have a choice. Yeah, right? and I would
0: have done exactly the same thing. So I, it's very easy to sit back and be so, like, no. so what's your motivation there? Like, so how does that happen?
1: I don't know what the answer is. Well, that's fair. Well, do I, message in. Yeah. If you yeah. have any suggestions, just, we'd love to I hear ask from on you. A post <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't know why, why you do that. It's just because you love them more. And, you, it's, and it feels selfish.
1: So you've described previously something that Allegra alluded to, which is the carer's guilt.
0: So there's a few things in what Allegra was talking about, which were interesting, where she was saying identifying the things and the times when you don't want to pick up that prescription. Or, and they, they're the moments where you feel incredibly selfish because you're effectively saying, I value my own time, I want to go and do something for myself. And I think that guilt that people feel in terms of having their own life or wanting to do something for themselves when they know their loved one is in a really difficult situation or in pain or, or not coping, like that is, that's heavy. Like that really weighs yeah. really heavily. And it's not something there is an easy answer to. You know, How do you say to someone, yes, your loved one's in need, but it's important to look after yourself? And the logic, everyone knows the logic, like long-term, if you don't look after yourself then you'll get to a breaking point and everyone loses. You lose, your loved one loses. But actually in those moments, it's really hard to, to see the long-term picture of and the importance of looking after yourself. So it's not full of jokes, this set. No, it's not. <laughs> like no. This. this is the real light-hearted version, everyone. Um, and we even said at the beginning,
1: we're going to try to do a smile on our face. Um, but it's really important, and it's clearly something that a lot of people have a challenge with. Yeah. And, and actually, I mean, there's a, there's a constant theme in all of this, which is about being preventative and making sure you get stuff set up early on. And, hey, a great way of doing that is having a chat with your carer centre. And people like Allegra and her team are doing, doing fantastic work. So thank you to you guys for all that, that mm. you've contributed there. Well, hopefully that's of some use. We've got another episode coming out uh, very shortly. Have a good one, everyone. Speak to you soon. <laughs>